Planet Down Radio is coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system, and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Planet Down Radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole Cause what you see real life You're watching this world unfold The truth beneath the lies Rekindling what's been stole The need to free one's mind Uncover the truth exposed So people see the light Let's chat it down so we can know It's simple, we just break it down a little bit So we can process all Make the switch and elevate yourself to conscious mode And it's beneficial so we can get this kind of road And get the future Generators wanna stop the whole thing But the message still is ready, we can start a post Taking in the simulator and getting lots of numbers Waking up the possibility to try to stop hypnosis Welcome, welcome to Chin It Down Radio Where we deprogram from the deep program When the, Where the program is deep, here's a little beacon of light So you can see some truth in this world that's craziness I'm Loomis, I'm your host ChinItDownRadio.com is the website This is episode 182 it's titled Intergalactic Federation Disclosure and Space Observations, the On Earth Series Part 19. And this is a mini-series in this, this uh, show where we, where we explore the UFO and ET phenomenon with a rational mindset. I know what maybe some of you are thinking with this title, you know, Loomis, you've gone too far. A couple of episodes ago, you were talking about human clothing, now intergalactic federation. I'm turning this show off. It's gotten too fringe. Why, why don't you talk about COVID and vaccines and mandates? What's really going on? I mean, well, um, actually, you're probably totally sick of hearing about COVID and everything, but uh, you know, I just did a show, and I don't want to talk about it. But still, that's the main subject at the moment. But part of my job on this show is to lift you out of your reality, not necessarily as a form of escapism, but a form of seeing a bigger picture. And in turn, that makes our reality look small and less of importance and more insignificant. Because when you, when you realize bigger things are at play in our world, how much of our worries ever come true? I went over that in an early show, Don't Sweat the Petty Disarm Fear, I think it was called, part of the System Tentacles miniseries. And basically it's saying that everything we focus on in this world is pretty minute and it passes. And then, you know, there's these bigger looming things above our heads that we don't really think about. You know, I mean, how stuck are, are we in this little reality of paying bills and staying in civilization we don't even get out to nature much, at least many of us. And I also like to leave people with a sense of wonder on this show. You know, everyday life is far from all there is. Don't forget to entertain your imagination and also be able to hold a puzzle piece and yet not necessarily put it into a perfect fit of the puzzle, but realize there's a bigger world. Today's topic of intergalactic federation may sound like a movie, but what are people talking about? I'm going off of official sources of, you know, like, I guess you could say credible people in society. And I know you really can't trust anyone, but we're, we're going to take a look. That's all we're going to do. So could there be a benevolent group of aliens that have become a collective waiting for Earth to join their larger world? Do you think there's many different factions and demographics of aliens? Do you? 
you know, of ETs. Do you believe in aliens at all? Well, before I get into the big subjects like intergalactic federation, we're going to talk about sky watching in general. I mean, when was the last time you watched the sky for a few hours at night? You know, uh, one of my methods of keeping myself happy in these crazy times lately is actually just sitting out and watching the sky. Yes, I live in Hawaii, so it's not freezing cold, and we do have that advantage here. Sorry to rub it in, but you still you still can go outside bundled up, I suppose, if it's not raining or something, as long as you have clear skies. But I bought these zero-gravity chairs so you can lay back and look out without hurting your neck all night. And, you know, it was a good investment. I, I've seen some crazy things happen overhead that could not be satellites. And, you know, you just have to sit long enough and see the sky and see the um, and just see what's what's um, going on up there because there's a lot more going on than you know what you think is going on but yeah there's just things going on up there that um, I have questions about at least you know um, my question with satellites is, I've said this before on the show, but I'll say it again because it's important. If the biggest ones are only the size of a small school bus, that's like the biggest ones, how are they so bright flying overhead? You could say, oh, it's the sun's reflection. Okay. But, you know, I guess excluding Elon Musk's Starlink, which are in low Earth orbit, you know, and I've seen that big train of lights twice in the sky, which definitely seem lower looking than normal satellites, even the normal ones in lower Earth orbit, look on a clear night, or a clear, a clear day actually, at a high overhead jet. Sometimes you, you can barely see it at all, especially the chemtrail ones. In fact, they're spraying hard today, so if I seem a little out of it today, well, that's, I feel that feeling. But anyway, they're... Um, really small. You know, you can barely see the plane up there. And these are much lower than satellites. So I know it's night and less sun to pollute the light, but still, something as small or smaller than a short bus giving off that much light? I have questions. I do. Do you think there's a dysfunctional faction of aliens that ride the short bus? <laughs> I don't know. But they, they, there's, a, there's definitely... Um, Something with that, that it's it's not that big, a small school bus, that high up. But whatever, okay, let's just say they are all satellites. Then they're not behaving all like satellites. Because I've seen satellites that suddenly disappear. I'll see them just in, in vision, and then they just, it's not like they zoom off, but they just disappear. They're just gone. Like, what? Where did they go? You know, it should still be in, in vision. Or I've seen two moving together. When do two satellites move together that are excluding Elon Musk's satellites? Um, I've seen satellites moving at two different speeds. And, okay, so I did a little research on this. They say the higher Earth orbit moves at slower speeds and that the lower Earth orbit moves at faster speeds. But that's contradicted when they say that it all moves the same direction at the same rate earth is spinning so i'm not an expert on it so maybe there's there's more to the explanation than what i found i don't know 
but the, it just seems a little bit weird, you know, and I just, I, I have questions. I have questions on numerous things, really, about our reality. But um, now this is, there's something I've been seeing up there lately, too, that just really, there's, it's hard to describe. It, there's these lights way up there, lights that are, are way up to what looks like, I would say, star distance, but it's hard to know. You know, it's hard to grasp the depth of space like that. But you'll see them blink, and then they blink in the same vicinity, but if this was accurate distance, the next light would pulse a solar system distance away. So you see one little blink, and then another one blinks somewhere else. It's like it's transporting whatever whatever is going on up there, you know? I, I mean, it even looks like a... I mean, going into science fiction, looks like a... a, a spaceship battle up there you know something's going on up there it's weird but most importantly we've seen what might look like satellites but they power up at us they shine at us and expand in size and powering up if you're not kind of familiar with that i recommend you go to the youtube page of Seti ranch or is it called the seti stargate um Check out the videos from there where these things, they power up. Um, and I know it sounds crazy. You'll probably think it's fake at first, but it's real. I've been there. I've been to East SETI Ranch. It's a UFO hotspot, and it's pretty amazing place. Um, it's something, it's some kind of vortex where it's like the invisible becomes more visible or whatever. But yes, so we're seeing us here uh, in our, in our, in our uh, gravity chairs, seeing these, these satellites pulse at us. And well, what looks like satellites and they're not satellites and they even kind of move, um, wobbly sometimes too. But let's go down another road for a minute. I have questions like the satellite ones, but there are many people now that are saying space isn't real or that it's not what they're telling us it is. And I get that train of thought. I do because I think it's good to question everything. And some people are saying that NASA is what NASA is showing everything is a lie. And I agree that they are a big lie and mostly a cover-up agency. But I do believe in space. I've looked through enough telescopes. It exists. I've watched skies a lot lately. But I think our description of what it is, what it is, and what we are told is off or something. You know, and it could be watery, like Crow Triple Seven's lunar wave phenomenon. If you look at his work, and it could be breathable air. You know, we don't know. We're just told what what it's supposed to be. This giant vacuum, which I have questions on too. But I was looking at Crow Triple Seven's videos of the lunar waves, and then I was comparing them to sonic boom shock waves from incoming meteorites and space junk, and. I kind of think that might be it. I don't know. I'm either thinking it's shock waves or some type of frequency fence that we're seeing ripple. And there may just be this like frequency fence around Earth. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it. I know that there's the space fence, but I don't think it's that. But I don't know. And not knocking Crow's work. I think he's great and his work is extraordinary and I really like it. But I'm just saying I think there might be more to that Maybe it is shock waves or something else. I mean, I don't know. And then again, it could be liquid up there. 
nobody down here really knows. You know, we're taking stabs at our, our best without uh, our best guess without uh, you know uh, believing NASA because we know they're lying. Something's lying. And then again, you know, it could be a lot of things. But space not space may not be this giant vacuum. I I, I like they say it is. In fact, I've looked into that a little, and I just don't. I don't buy that either. But anyway, we don't know if, if you, you can't live on other planets. We don't know that other beings don't breathe air or but breathe gas. You know, we don't know hardly anything about that world. But it's still a world up there, and I do believe in ETs. I've seen a close-up ship. I've talked about that in another episode a long time ago. I don't know if it was otherworldly or one of our own, but either way, it was so advanced that they must have developed that technology from a very advanced race of some, you know, some, some knowledge was tipped off somewhere and there is enough to go off of. So, however, I'm not telling you what I know, what's up there exactly. Um, my newest theory into it is that, that what NASA is giving us is the illusion and, uh, it, and if, and the real show is, well, they, if they were really to show what it's really like up there, we would probably see ships galore and possibly uh, an entire different world team with life. And that's kind of what I think is going on. Um, I could be wrong, but, you know, it's the exploration in this Beyond Earth series continues. You know, you just get deeper into this information and you realize there's some stuff to go off of here. Uh, and they couldn't take that risk, so they gave us the fake space through their lens, I guess, because they don't want us to know that we're not alone. And certainly what they tell us is going on up there is not what's going on up there. So, anyway, that's just my, my space observations. I, as a, as a sky watcher, just seeing that there's definitely stuff going on up there that's not what they're saying it is. So the Intergalactic Federation sounds absurd. I dissed it hearing it from you deep UFO speakers. You know, I'm, I'm thinking like, am I listening to a script from Star Wars or Star Trek? I mean, are these people for real? But it's one of those rabbit hole topics that starts to build and you realize it's not coming out of thin air. And it's like that with a lot of things. Things don't come out of thin air. They have an origin and you have to go where they start and realize to figure out if they're true or not. And that's the thing about this information. Um, I don't mean to go off on too many tangents, but it's important. There's, there's a lot of people that are in the quote-unquote conspiracy theory, conspiracy research movement and all that, and truth movement. And, and they don't believe in this aspect of things but they're kind of giving it the same treatment as those that, that don't believe the conspiracies. They never looked into it to see if it's true or not. And so there's a lot of people that don't look into things. And so we kind of have to have that mindset with everything. Go look into it to see if it's true or not. And then if you find a, a thread to follow, follow it. Go where the information takes you. In order to follow this episode correctly, I recommend you also dive into my Secret Space Program episode and honestly go through this whole Beyond Earth series because obviously now we're getting into some pretty fringe territory. I got into this subject last year when I, I read a mainstream article 
about Israel's space security chief, uh, Haim Ashed, talking about the Intergalactic Federation. And I'll get into what he said in a minute. But first of all, maybe I'm living under a rock, but I never even, I never really knew that Israel had a space program, you know? But um, I guess I didn't pay enough attention. The space program was established in the 1980s, and Israel was uh, the eighth country in the world to succeed in launching and positioning satellites in space. Although there have only been a handful of Jewish astronauts, Israel has put only one man into space. So, first of all, who is Haim Ashed? According to Wikipedia, he's a retired uh, brigadier general in Israeli military intelligence. Ashed was a director of space programs for Israeli Ministry of Defense for nearly 30 years, is a former chair of the Space Committee of the National Council for Research and Development for the Ministry of Science, Technology, and Space, and a member of the Steering Committee of Israel Space Agency. Ashed is responsible for the launch of 20 Israeli-made satellites, and he is widely cited as the father of Israel's space program. So there you have it. That's supposed to be who he is. Anyway, many people think that it was his involvement with the Israel Defense Force, they call IDF, and Unit 81, which is a secret technology unit part of the Special Operations Division of the Military Intelligence Directorate. So, um, he had some thing, some kind of information given to him somewhere along the line. And during those years, he found out about much of this working closely with DARPA and the CIA, which are, of course, evil organizations that have produced nothing but bad things for humanity. But what did this guy say? This was the big bombshell of last year. In fact, it was right about a year ago. So what did he say? Well, he wrote a new book. He wrote a, a book, The Universe Beyond the Horizon. And he claims that aliens from all over the universe are already walking among us, which you hear that a lot, and meanings of the third kind are just around the corner. He tells us the aliens prevented some of the nuclear holocaust, which it is true if you look at the, the incident in North Dakota in 1966, and I think also in Russia. Ashed believes that, that it will happen, that, that um, disclosure will happen in his lifetime, and the man is 81 years old. So, hmm. But in the last decade, he admits that aliens have been constantly employing him. So that's some stuff he says from his book. But what got the, the big attention was not the book so much, but was his, it, an interview. Um, the interview was, uh, it's been translated from Hebrew, but I'll, I'm going to read you a quick part of the interview that made the big headlines, if you remember, about a year ago. So uh, the interviewer asks, Are you not risking academically when you are interviewed on the subject now? And he replied, I have nothing to lose today. I have received my degrees and awards. I am honored at universities abroad. And even there, even there the, the trend, though the trend is changing and willing to talk about it, even in many places still say, listen, make sure the elephant in the room stays in the room and do, do not quote us. And then the interviewer says, 
So why are they hiding from us, and how can governments and armies in the world be able to cooperate in concealment of this magnitude? And he says, Not all the governments of the world, there is a group of partners, the Americans, the Russians, the Japanese, the English, and the Chinese, all coordinated at a level where it is still forbidden to publish, and those who ask not to publish are them. Who are they? The interviewer asks. The Galactic Federation. It exists. I wrote about it, even though it was perceived as a conspiracy theory, but lately former senior generals are also saying to publish, and Trump was on the verge of finding out and telling people, and some mainstream professors are also saying, guys, tell, but the aliens in the Federation say, wait, let's first calm down, do not post yet, because you will see what is happening to you. You are still fighting each other. You will destroy yourself. And then the interviewer asks, why not come out and talk to us directly? Because it will create panic and collapse humanity. What will happen? The markets will collapse. There will be nothing to eat. People will become cannibals. Hospitals will shut down. All dark passions will come out. It may end the world. And they, and they are not interested in it. The aliens. Well, okay, I'm not sure if that would really happen. You always hear that. But a good book to read is A.D. After Disclosure by Richard Dolan, and it would go over what would happen if disclosure happened, okay? But just continuing on, his little reply here is, The UFOs have asked not to pub publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. There will be a great rampage of everyone, and what the Inquisition did to guys like Galileo and Copernicus will return. They want to make us sane first and understand. They waited until today for humanity to evolve, to evolve and reach a point where we could even understand what space and a spacecraft are. Think, in World War I, we did not even have planes, and they did not want mass hysteria here. With the best example being what happened in 1938 with a sketch. Orson Welles' World War I and the po police collapsed and everything exploded in the streets. And what they say is, first of all, let's stand that the stock markets will not fall, that there will be no rampage, that humanity will calm down a little. Yeah, some of this has been translated from Hebrew. I don't know if it translates correctly. But anyway, you get the picture. Uh, he's saying that basically they're not ready because humanity's not ready. The interviewer asks, are we in communication with them regarding the date of publication? There is an agreement between the U.S. government and aliens. I cannot prove it. I understand it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but the understanding is the Galactic Federation has nine elements of advanced aliens of various kinds who have signed a contract with us to do experiments here. Nine elements of advanced aliens. Those don't sound like good aliens if they're doing experimentation. And remember nine. Remember nine. That's going to come up later. And then this, this is the final thing here in the article. Um, come on, in the present age, this is the interviewer, come on, in the present age there is no such, there's no way such a thing could ever have been kept secret. And then he, he replies, how many years have you kept the fact that the earth is not the center of the universe a secret? 1,500 years. Or the Manhattan Plan, U.S. Atomic Bomb Project, 
Do you know how many people work there? 150,000 people. How many knew what it was? So basically he's going over, you know, the fact that, yeah, it is easy to keep things a secret because you only have, you know, the whole, you have the whole compartmentalized situation we live in on planet Earth. But that's the end of the interview. But that interviewer, that sounds like a naive journalist, a typical naive journalist, you know, that that. They don't understand anything outside their world and could never believe that secrets of any sort could be held from the public unless they're on, of course, CIA payroll. But, you know, they they, they have a hard time. Like he, he's asking, you know, so, so you know, uh, why are they hiding from us and how could this be, you know, how could they hide from us and all this, you know. But, uh, you know, anyway. That's that's what made all the the news last year, if you remember, him coming out and saying that you know there's a galactic federation and they're waiting to tell us about themselves, but they're waiting for humanity to calm down. And Trump almost found out. It would have been funny if Trump actually spilled the beans, of course, because the controllers don't like him and it just really threw a monkey wrench in their plan. Hopefully, that's still something like that happens. Not necessarily with Trump, just saying. So where does all of this come from, this whole intergalactic federation? Haim Ashed is not the first person to talk about an intergalactic federation. <clears throat> it just made bigger news. The earliest reference, the earliest reference goes back to 1952 when the famed contactee George Van Tessel, I had never heard of him before, claimed to be in communication with the Ashtar Command, which was deemed to be part of a wider galactic federation that requested the U.S. abandon research into thermonuclear weapons. Van Tessel seemed like an ordinary guy. I, I checked him out. He was an aviation mechanic, and he was one of the first people to channel these claims. So once you step into the world of channeling, we get all the fringe info on this galactic federation. But, you know, that is a road you can go down and maybe you should do homework after this and check out all these different people that talk about this, but we're just going to stick to the more credible voices and claims. It's important to include the people that are in these high positions speaking out. And another person is Paul Hellier. Paul Hellier, I've talked about before, he was the um, Canadian uh, Secretary of Defense and yeah, this guy, you know, he's, he's, this is a, he's a very old, he died, but he, like last year, I think it was, but here, listen to what he says. And this is a guy in, a, you know, official dumb sources talking out here. So I phoned him and before I could even say, hello, how are you? What's the weather like? He said, every word is true and more. That was, those were his opening words. And he spent 20 minutes telling me the end more within the limit of his oath. I guess it went as far as he could. And he said, and this was the, the most important thing he said during that period, was that there have been face-to-face -face meetings between United States officials and visitors from other star systems, period. No equivocation. And so with that assurance... Um, and my own conviction, based on what I already knew, I said, I'll go to the meeting. And uh, at the meeting, I said mm, that UFOs are as real as the airplanes flying overhead. And 
That was it. And it's been reported in a couple of interviews that you've mentioned there's a federation of alien species. Um, do all of the uh, alien species kind of uh, work together, or is there warring species that war with each other? Well, I, I only know about the Galactic Federation, and I don't know much about it, so I shouldn't talk about it. But they are concerned about what's going on in the world, and they have been working um, through individuals. Um, they'll pick out a few individuals and visit them or talk to them or talk to them telepathically or send uh, information to them uh, by channeling. I have a, a very close friend who was writing a second book right now uh, with channeling from a species called the Pacetas. Very few people have heard of it. They have a, a deal that they won't interfere. But I think that there's also a loophole if things get bad enough that they would make exceptions. But we can't count on them. I mean, maybe we can count on them, but we shouldn't count on them because they say, you clean up your act. You're in charge. It's your planet. And if it comes to a dead end, it will be because you let it or made it a dead end because it wasn't necessary and you had everything going. It's one of the best planets in the, in the whole universe and everybody covets the fact that it's so good and you have been destroying it. And this is something that we've tried to let you know by various ways over a long period. The individual uh, communications always say, look, there are things you've got to do. Stop your clear-cutting, stop your fracking, stopping, stop using uh, fossil fuels. Because yeah, this, this guy is definitely pretty way. credible considering he spoke the truth about UFOs and the controllers all the way to his death. You can go to his website and check out, you know, he's talking about, you know, he's, he's talking about the, the elites, you know, check out his work. See, see for yourself what you think. And he mentioned how they choose individuals that may be, and that may be why there are so many people coming up with the same similar thing that they choose individuals that not just the whole body of people, but they choose certain people that would be good vessels to talk to. But is it good or bad? Well, let's continue. Another good source, which I'll just mention briefly, is William Tompkins. And this is an old guy that just sort of came out recently, I think in like 2015. He has a lot to say about warring factions of ETs. And he said that the moon landing was just a hoax. He has a quote, one small step for man, one giant step for Freemasonry, right? So, because they were all Freemasons. So his stuff is hard to prove, but dovetails with many other credible sources. And I feel like um, anybody, you know, these old guys coming out, all all three so far that I've talked about, um, Paul Hellyer and, and Haim Mashed, all are old guys, you know? I mean, what do they have in this? Are they lifetime actors? Or, or is, there, uh, is there more here? Then there's Dmitry Medvedev, you know, the, um, the uh, Russian president, I guess he is. Is he below um, Putin, obviously? But yeah, 
I don't know their rankings too well. But apparently he thought his mic was turned off, and he didn't think he was being recorded. And so he says, ETs are living among us. Um, so this is how it went. One of, one of the journalists asked whether the president is handed secret files on aliens when receiving the briefcase needed to activate Russia's nuclear arsenal. And I think she was kind of joking, but he, he, he just riffed off of her and said, along with the briefcase with nuclear codes, the president of the country is given a special top secret folder. This folder in its entirety contains information about aliens who visited our planet. And he answered playfully, along with this, you are given a report of the absolutely secret special service that exercises control over aliens on the territory of our country. More detailed information on this topic you can get from a well-known movie called Men in Black. I will not tell you how many of them are among us because it might cause panic, he says. And that's crazy when you measure it up to what others are saying that they are among us, you know, just like Haima Shedd said. No, just to just to reference, I wasn't he wasn't talking about the movie Men in Black we know here in America. <clears throat> he was but instead he was referring to a famous Russian movie documentary, Men in Black, which details many UFO and alien anomalies. So I guess that makes more sense. And then also uh, let's see, what was this? Oh, yeah. A stunning Ministry of Foreign Affairs reported a report on Prime Minister Medvedev's agenda at the World Economic Forum this week states that Russia will warn U.S. that the time has come for the world to know of the truth about aliens and if the United States won't participate in the announcement, the Kremlin will do so on its own. And Wow, you know, he said that. So we have we have uh, kind of a reoccurring theme of disclosure in the background. And of course, I wouldn't trust the World Economic Forum or any government body, um, not at all, Russia or U.S., but it's, it's very interesting. It's just interesting, you know. Um, but it, involved with those guys, yeah, well, there's, that's not good. Going a little off subject, though, I... We, we have this, this A-tip situation. It's on and off subject here. But this whole where we, they want to get the truth on UFOs out. And this is the big bombshells they've been dropping since, uh, you know, 2017 where you see the, the Tic Tac UFO and, you know, all this stuff. It's not that impressive, but it's impressive that it's made the mainstream news. And it's kind of a, you know, big deal. Important, the important thing is here... This is all mainstream news, if you look, right? So still hardly anyone's talking about it because they're so concerned about the current events because the planet has been changed so much since March of 2020 that so this but this is looming in the background. And as, as always, I'm suspicious. The media the media is is so evil, you know, and it, it, it it's in, in evil hands and always lying to us. And so I have issues with this. And one issue I have is the guy that's coming out talking, the spokesperson of this, Luis Alessandro, was allegedly not originally part of the ATIP program. And he worked for the CIA, which is a big red flag, because usually people that work for the CIA are always with the CIA. 
and the CIA backs the To the Stars Academy, who is promoting the idea of an outer space threat, um, headed by Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. And, you know, these, these kind of celebrity types are always bought and paid for anyway, so I just don't trust that. But Elizondo says that the Pentagon, Pentagon deals with UFOs on the daily. And I read that before on the show. And a sort of background narrative to this involves the UFOs as, as a threat to our airspace. Like, it could be a threat. So then you go to um, uh, Heimish, as Heimish as had said, that they want to reveal themselves when humanity is ready. So... What are we dealing with here? Good guys or bad guys? Is it that cut and dry? Again, I just think that it's suspicious that it's on mainstream news, you know? So let's go look also elsewhere about this intergalactic federation. You can also look in the ancient days. And if you read Genesis in the Bible, you will find in the wording that there are factions warring over how to control humanity. You know, you can, if you really look, you know, there's, there's sort of an argument going on. And that's why in Hebrew, you have the Elohim gods, plural, you know, and that, that means, the Elohim means the powerful ones. Elohim is not one God, it's God's plural. So when you read in Genesis, uh, I think it's six, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, let us make man in our image. Let us, who's us, make man in our image. Who is us? Who, our image. Who are we talking about here? So that's always been, you know, a big, a big, uh, r like red flag. Like, wait a minute, you know. And most people skip past that. But the reason they say that is because the Elohim were God's plural. So I encourage you to read up on Paul Wallace, who's been on this show, been a guest on this particular series of shows. He, his work goes into the Sky Council, and so that's important. But remember that these, the Genesis chapter and the first five or so books of the Bible is just the Sumerian tablet's light. And whether you believe uh, Zechariah Sitchin's interpretation or not, the, the, there, there is... A lot of that stuff is, at least some of it is exactly as it has been laid out. In the Sumerian tablets, there is a council of deities. They, they are sky beings. They are the Anunnaki, possibly, but possibly different factions because, you know, depending on how you look at it. But it's obvious that Enki and Enlil are arguing factions, whether they're two brothers actually or arguing factions, and they come from a larger body of beings, and you can read that. So we're looking at some kind of a council, um, some kind of, uh, you know, different factions, and the more I think about these Sumerian tablets, the more it makes sense that Enki and Enlil were, were different factions. Uh, they, were, they were maybe different species of ETs, you know? It would make a little more sense. So let's get into the nine. So I mentioned nine earlier, nine. Well, here, the background here is in the early 50s, the U.S. Navy supposedly were co cooperating with a human-looking 
extraterrestrials known kind of like as blonde Nordics. And they were supposedly members of the Galactic Federation. Could this be the same ongoings with ETs and President Eisenhower? Could this have, have to do with the Majestic 12 too? Or was it the Greys? I think it was more likely the Greys, but maybe both are in it together. Maybe both good end factions had something to do with this time period. Something happened at Holloman Air Force Base in 1955 with President Eisenhower. We don't know what, but that is important because somehow the United States got involved with this. And this is also during the time that, you know, Project, Project Paperclip had happened. So you have all these Nazi scientists here. So big things were happening in this. Something happened within this. And so we, they were told, you know, they made some deals with the uh, U.S. government. And, and I think a lot of it was to have experiment, experimentation in the population. But anyway, th this is where the Gene Roddenberry got the inspirations for Star Trek. Same time period. And it's good to note that there is uh, other things that have to do with nine. So the nine is is just is one, and we'll, I'll come back to Gene Roddenberry. But it's good to know that Aleister Crowley, the famous Satanist, was quoted on saying that he serves his great master Satan in the August Council of Nine. There were nine major gods in ancient Egypt before monotheism, before Akhenaten. And there are nine forgotten gods in Greek mythology, which was after Egypt, so same region of the world. In, in the Freemasonry order of nine elected knights, nine is the number of the earth under evil influences. And of course, there's 9-11. But who else talks about nine? Phil Schneider, the whistleblower about underground bases and his crazy tales that I, I can... You know, I, I actually do think his info is legit if you look into his story, which we have on this show. But listen to what he says. There are nine races of alien populations. To look at a human being as a bag of food. They're not cannibals. They don't eat the flesh and the bones and all that kind of stuff. They use the glandular secretions of animals and human beings as a mixture of the vitamins for their food. They get high off of our adrenal gland substances called adrenal chrome. Yeah, Phil Schneider is one of my favorite whistleblowers into this subject because I really feel like there's something to what he's saying. I, I really don't feel like he's just a, a big liar. You know, he may have not known everything, but I really think he's coming from something real. If you investigate, uh, you know, how he was killed and, you know, obviously they didn't want him talking about this. So anyway, Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, I never watched Star Trek hardly. I just never grew up watching it. Um, I like Star Wars, but Star Trek just never really, I don't know. Um, but anyway, Roddenberry attended channeling sessions led by Phyllis Schlemmer and they channeled, a member of the Council of Nine named Tom. A background on Schlemmer, too, is had, she had reportedly done work for Israeli intelligence, and I believe Uri Geller, the psychic 
which had CIA ties. So all that's tied together, suspicious from the start for me. But the Council of Nine um, is, uh, says here, tri tribunal teachers governing our immediate supergalactic and galactic region, subject to change in evolving new programs of the Father's Kingdom. This is, I guess, what they channeled. It has been alluded to other sources that Roddenberry had been a commander or received his inspiration from sitting in on channeling sessions. So these channeling sessions really did happen. It's not like this was just made up history. This really happened. But this is what um, Gene Roddenberry says. He had a question to Tom from the Council of Nine. There's a question that I cannot avoid asking. Why do you not give strong and definite signs of your existence or proximity? On top of approaching humanity by indirect means such as these channelings or other ways. Obviously you have your, your reasons, but this question does, does matter to me. Tom replies, It is of great importance for you to understand that your governments of your world of Earth have refused to publicly believe or convey to the, to the people our existence. And there were an attempt by civilizations to land if there were an attempt by civilizations to land upon planet Earth in mass situation, which in truth will come to pass in the course of time, interesting, the people upon planet Earth would panic, for they have not the understanding, the knowledge that would mean uh, that we would mean no harm to them. And that sounds pretty similar to what what Ahim Ashed uh, said too in his message. So. Roddenberry had been influenced by the Council of Nine, and he did have some influence, at least, in making Deep Space Nine. So there you get Nine again. So what some say about Gene Roddenberry and these channelings is that this message was given to him to release on humanity the idea of this intergalactic federation in people's minds a bridge to future humanity and give them a soft disclosure in their minds. And, and supposedly this was done with, with the help of the U S Navy, uh, you know, also, but the thing is that I have against that personally is that now people will just go, well, that's in a movie. That's not believable. Right. But another one that is, um, is star Wars where, uh, you know, um, they have a, intergalactic federation too at least in the uh the uh prequel movies and i've heard a channelers a channeler say that it was used to show the orion wars to humanity i don't know but that's what they say and maybe that's why both star trek and star wars are so popular maybe they resonate with some some truth and resonate with humanity's collective unconscious on some level because people love them so much. This whole science fiction being based on reality is a common theme lately in, in a lot of my podcasts. You might have noticed that. And, and not even by, it's just by accident. But I really do think that they throw out reality in these science fiction movies. And trying to, you know, this preemptive programming is there to introduce real things. And then when you mention anything to them, they go, Oh, I saw that in the movie, dude. You're full of shit. So that's why this information sounds so 
crazy and kooky is because it's been put in movies. So for for that to work on humanity, maybe it works on a more subconscious level, but honestly, trying to tell anybody about it, you're just going to get laughed at, right? But who did this? You know, who who brought this out? Let's look at that. Um, I mean, yes, Gene Roddenberry, but the U.S. Navy backed this, well, high ups, not your average recruit, psychics with CIA involvement and occult involvement. The entertainment industry got together and put this in a package so it could come out in that brainwashing box in your living room. So they got together and did that. So I would say it's for evil intent rather than good because all those groups are evil, especially the CIA. So if this group of nine is supposed to be part of this intergalactic federation, at least it, it's coming from negative factions, I would say. You know, because why would a benign galactic federation want to admit Earth as a planetary member that, that is dysfunctional and corrupted by hidden controllers that ma- manipulates the rest of humanity? You, you would... You would, um, you would, if you're benign, they want to take these controllers out. You know, the real, the real good guys wouldn't want to get involved other than oust the evil factions so humanity could be free and do their thing. The U.S. got involved with, I would say, negative factions in the, in the 50s simply because of the trade of technology and that, in, in turn, these guys could go and, and experiment on humanity. That's not. That's not coming from benign sources. And they most likely and probably are doing experimentation on us continually as of even right now, as you can see with these mass inoculations. Then there's all this crazy New Age channeling of intergalactic federations. And and that's there's many psychics and mediums out there claiming that this this federation is uh, and there's there's more than one person saying that they're like stationed outside on a moon at Ganymede of uh, Ganymede of Jupiter. You know, I I don't know. I do kind of trust James Gillian of East City Ranch. I've mentioned East City Ranch. He's the head of that. Uh, probably because he lives in a place of provable contact, but. I think you have to watch out with anyone channeling anything. They could be being deceived. We don't know. And let me read you a guy that fits the general consensus of this perspective. You know, according to some channelers, like this guy, Sheldon Niddle, the Galactic Federation of Light is a collective of over 400,000 benevolent star nations who are here to assist in the Great Awakening. And they have mothership surrounding earth most live in higher dimensions but this is the this is um eight little uh adje- objectives of the the federation okay with the help of earth allies the Im- imminent defeat of the dark cabal with the help of earth allies the Im- imminent defeat of the dark cabal it has been in controlling of running the planet for the past 13,000 years. The Dark Kapal will be, will be isolated away from humanity so that it will not cause any more problems for the forward growth of global peace and prosperity. Well, that, that sounds nice. Number two, oversee the creation and implementation of new governance worldwide, which will 
include debt forgiveness for everybody and every nation. This will also signify the formal collapse of the illegal Federal Reserve in the United States and central banking system in the world. Number three, oversee the implementation of a new world financial monetary system backed by precious metals like gold and silver, along with the distribution of prosperity funds to end global poverty and establish an unprecedented era of prosperity worldwide. This will permit peace and prosperity to become the new international norm. Number four, end the UFO covered up by initiating full disclosure. The official announcement that we are not alone in the universe and the galaxy and that the galaxy is teeming with sentient life forms. Number five, prepare us for mass landing contact with our ET brothers and sisters and reintroduce us back into galactic life and to reunite us with our spiritual and space families. Number six, the ascended masters will appear in our societies and teach us about our past and upcoming future as a prequel to our final transformation into galactic humans. Number seven, assist with returning humanity to full fifth dimensional consciousness, 5D, which may be us, um, you know, upgrading our DNA and our using our, our, our whole brains. You know, maybe, maybe humans get into this, you know, more dimensional people. And number eight, conduct a complete and major makeover for Mother Earth and her environments and restore them to pristine condition. This will permit Earth to physically re reunite her inner and outer realms into a unified merged 5D realm. Well, interesting is all I can say. I think that sounds nice. Sure, um, it would be nice, okay, but I don't know. If this crazy scenario exists, this intergalactic federation, that this is revealed to us in some form or even just regular disclosure, there will be too many people awestruck that they will not know if these are the good or the bad ones. You, they wouldn't know because there's a dark alliance too. You know, if in many of the UFO circles that have gone beyond nuts and bolts and crafts, you know, all that stuff, you get people talking about the Reptilian Gray Alliance. As crazy as all of this may sound, it is talked about by a lot of people from different sources. And, you know, there must be some origin of truth to this, you know. So, what if this entire episode is true? What if this whole situation is true? That's why we're in the situation that we're in right now. Earth is purging its evil people and it's going to be reuniting, reuniting with the bigger um, galactic uh, system out there, you know? Um, what would you react like if this was actually true? What if this was real? What if, what if half of it's true? What if just 25% is true? How, how would it change your life? Are you prepared for something this big in your future um, are you prepared for this big of a change? Are you prepared for the world to just unravel and burst at the seams from what you know is reality? I mean, we do have to think about that in these times. As these times have proven to be crazy, we are in a transition phase. We really are. You know, so what do I think? I'm open to many scenarios with this entire series of shows, the People Beyond or the Beyond Earth series 
that I've covered from the first episode of this miniseries to now. I'm, I'm open to those things. I'm not saying to hold out on this great savior of a group that's going to liberate humanity. I don't think that is going to be, you know, something you can't do that cop out kind of, um, leave it up to the saviors mentality, but it's possible that there is a collaboration of good entities that want to welcome humanity into a wider universe once it's freed from its controllers. And somewhere that does resonate with me because I believe the universe and God and, and the creator and whatever you want to make of that is the good force in the world and it, good always overcomes evil. The problem is nobody is going to know the good guys from the bad guys. So if a negative, a negative group of entities wants to pose as the Galactic Federation and then the real ones come and say they are the real ones, people are going to be confused. And of course people are going to go with the ones that get involved in freeing up humanity, giving gifts that in turn offer our dependency on them. And that would be the fruits of the bad ones is we don't want to have a dependency. We want to have independence. And I would say, I would say buckle up and prepare for this wild ride soon. They're obviously preparing it in the background with disclosure, whether that's this whole a tip thing and every, everything they're putting out is, is the evil ones. They're preparing us in our minds somewhere for this. And we are being prepared for something. It's evident that the current civilization is coming to a close. This is the biggest thing that, that can happen to humanity. I mean, tell me what you think. Feel free to leave me a voicemail on the website. You can do that now. And write an email, uh, uh, which is peoplebeyondthis at gmail.com. I'm curious to know what some of you think of this. This is crazy sounding information. It's, um, it's, it, but I'm trying to make bring it down to earth and simply realize that this world that we live in, again, the regular life, is not real life. It's just the life that we've been constructed to work in, live in, but it there's much more in a wider universe. Dimensionally, our nature wants to welcome us back and wants us to be a part of it. We have isolated ourselves, humanity, off from nature and a bigger universe. So I think there's a lot more in store for humanity. And I think, again, the, the cliche saying that you chose to be here, you chose to come here, is happening because so many souls are here right now. Um, but if you like this show, share it with others. Share it with your friends and family. Help people uh, to... Get on board with Chenet Down Radio. I appreciate all of you. Much love. Be a warrior, not a warrior. I will continue to give you a variety of shows that that help bring your mind out of the little world that we're caged in, so we can become a more fully uh, realized species of humans. Much love, you guys. Chenet Down. Be a warrior, not a warrior. I'm out. 